Yeah. I was thinking about the first time like I ever met you. I was like, man, I've never met somebody who is that much of a savage on drums. <laughs> <laughs> and it still maintains like <laughs> that sort of age bracket. I was like, man, Todd's Todd's a real one. He's a real one. <laughs> Oh, man. What's the explanation for that? I have no idea. I just never grew up. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? You have any tokens for the machine down the street? Welcome to the Why Are You Laughing Podcast! <laughs> no, my wife would always tell people when my daughter was like living here, she was like, yeah, I live with two teenagers. <laughs> Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Why You Laughing podcast. I, of course, am your host and the we one and only. Uh, what am I going to say about this man? He astonishes me. He uh, is uh, someone who blows me away with his intelligence, his um, his stamina. Definitely somebody who takes everything to the max even though uh, he doesn't let anything get by him. He's a good friend of mine. He's indeed a gentleman, and uh, he's one of the most intelligent people that I've come to know and love and uh, and be a good friend of mine. Todd, my brother, welcome to the show. We cracked one open just for you. I don't know <laughs> that was if you, quite the introduction. I don't know if you can see what I'm doing here, but I'm pouring out one okay. of I have here... A Swell IPA. It's from the Night Shift Brewing. I don't have any rustic nearby, but if I did, that's exactly what I would be pouring. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> you know, my favorite, though, yeah. is the uh, Orange Dream. Yes, that's a good one. My all-time favorite. Yeah, we, our reach is not, uh, not quite that far yet. We're working on it, so we hope someday to be... Uh, more widespread as far as new hampshire you mean uh yeah just i mean you know i mean we'll start obviously you know broader within massachusetts but you know obviously your goal is to you know get your stuff out there as far as you can you know get it so people can enjoy it right well you know if there was any place to start you know massachusetts is obviously a big conglomerate when it comes to you know, putting your product out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Mass is a great one. Vermont, uh, New Hampshire is too. New Hampshire has a ton of really great breweries and, you know, kind of growing, um, constantly, constantly in the craft beer world. So a lot of great stuff popping up in New Hampshire. Right. Right. All right. So when you, when you first started thinking about doing this company, I always wanted to ask you this. Um, was it was it something of like a passion, a business mind, or just something that you kind of got thrown into? Because, you know, ever since I've known you and, and the guys, a lot of us, all of us really, have had a habit for for having uh, new beers, you know, trying new things, new flavors trying out new sounds and songs for as far as our music career goes, what actually got you into this field? It was definitely the passion. Um, we, uh, there was a few of us that just, uh, we, we would get together and play like a pickup hockey game on Sunday nights. And then we'd head out to uh, a craft beer uh, location nearby us after hockey for you know, a couple post-game beers, and we would just always talk about craft beers and the ones that we had had and tried, and you need to try this and try that, and um, we would share beers back and forth, and then we kind of started talking, and a couple of us had uh, homebrewing in our background. We had done that before, so we started talking about you know kind of reviving that hobby that each of us had had, and so... You know, we we talked about it for a long time without really doing anything. It was like one of those uh, we should do it, we should do it, kind of like with a band. You know, a lot of times when you find out people play, you know, play an instrument or so forth, and you 
uh, you're not really in a current band situation. You say, we should get together and play. We should get together and play. And, you know, sometimes it takes a long time before it finally happens. Uh, and that was what it kind of was with the brewing. So uh, we finally, you know, bit the bullet and got some ingredients and put our equipment together. And we started up, you know, just brewing together at my buddy's house. Um, and, you know, just our enjoyment for the, you know, kind of the process and, you know, creating new things and tinkering with recipes and ideas and thoughts and, you know, how will the next one come out, um, you know, kind of fueled us. And we just kind of t kept taking steps from there. We didn't start off that process of, you know, with the goal of opening a business or opening a brewery, just making beer for fun. And then um, we started doing it more and more and more. And, you know, at a certain point we were kind of like, well, you know, there's a huge market for this and, you know, maybe we can do this on a level where it kind of starts paying for itself. Um, uh, and we, you know, we don't have to buy the ingredients out of our own pockets anymore. You know, we can start selling the beer to people and they can start, you know, kind of supporting the growth of this thing. So right. uh, that's kind of where we went with it. Mm -hmm. And when, and when you started, thinking about flavors and ingredients, what was your main goal? Did you have a certain area where you wanted to go as far as flavoring? Because as everyone knows, you know, a lot of IPAs have um, a certain market of flavors, I think. Like I, a lot of people go for either the citrus or the bitter. Um, was there a certain tone that you wanted to go for when you were thinking about going for this uh, technique? Yeah, I mean, we were all really drinking the, you know, the, the citrusy IPAs at that time, you know, so we started off with those because um, it was, you know, kind of, you know, what we were um, drinking a lot. We, you know, there was tons of examples of them around. So we had lots of different things to compare what we were trying to do with what, you know, was out there um, and, you know, lots of points of reference for you know, figuring out where we wanted to go. So that was kind of our starting point. We started with that and, you know, we, we still kind of really specialize in that, so to speak, or that's kind of our core, you know, beer profile is the New England style IPA. Um, we've since then branched out into um, adding some stouts into our profile because we, you know, we do all like other kinds of beers as well, but we're um, you know, kind of slowly adding different styles in as we feel like we can really do them justice. Um, so it takes a while of research and practicing and, you know, making sure that your first, you know, beers in a new style are, you know, up to where you want them to be. So, um, but yeah, uh, after, you know, getting some IPAs under our belt and um, even some um, milkshake style IPAs, which are, uh, you know, real, real similar to IPAs, just, um, in our world, it's, you know, kind of an IPA where you can add other things like adding vanilla to it, mm. um, you know, whole, you know, bean, whole bean vanilla. Uh, you can add, you know, adding fruits and other things. Um, for us, if we call it an IPA, it's, you know, just going to be your traditional straight up beer ingredients, grain, hops, water, uh, yeast to ferment it. Um, but in a milkshake one, you know, we've let our, you know, we let that playground kind of grow and we, add, you know, we free ourselves to add other elements to it. Um, but, you know, yeah, but past that, you know, we added stouts and now we've added sours uh, to our portfolio. So we kind of focus on those three for right now. And, you know, we're working towards the future, you know, bringing even more beer styles into our portfolio. What do you think about a lot of these guys who do coffee style IPAs? I had always wanted to ask you that because it's like, for me, coffee has always been coffee. It's never been a constant between the two. And it's very interesting to me how people choose to sort of, you know, uh, put those two ingredients together. Do you think it's kind of a, uh, kind of a trade-off when it comes to the two or do you think it's meant to be it's always it's always interested me what you thought about that yeah i love coffee you know it's like coffee is a huge thing for me so uh and i I've, I've only had a few coffee ipas and me too it, it was it was really hard to kind of 
get my mind wrapped around it. Um, I think it's one of those things that I'd have to kind of have a lot more of them. Um, at, you know, from the few that I had, I wouldn't say that they, that anybody did anything wrong per se. They were very interesting, but it was, you know, just, again, it was just one of those kind of things. They're, they're two real different, um, you know, kind of different uh, flavor profiles that you're bringing together. And, you know, so it was difficult for me to kind of like really get a, get a feel for it. Um, I love coffee stouts, uh, but then again, those, you know, those kind of things, they, they go more hand in hand, you know, and you get more of a roasty flavor from the beer itself and, you know, it's darker, creamier, and, you know, then you add coffee elements to it and, you know, that's right up my ass. Ali, I love that. Um, our first stouts were coffee stouts, um, mm. and you know, two of our more popular ones right now are two coffee stouts that we do. Um, one coffee coconut, one hazelnut coffee stout. So, um, but yeah, but for the coffee IPAs, that's a that is a tough one. <laughs> I, I can't say that I'm a fan, but I I never like to rule out a style, you know, until I'm have had enough of it and and kind of keep trying it at different points and different times to be sure that, you know, it's really just not for me. Right. Cause you never know what's going to sell, you know, quicker than like one or the other. It, it can vary. Mm -hmm. It can vary. It depends on the season. It depends yeah. on what people are in the mood for, you know? And, uh, and I always found that especially in doing shows, the contrast between and the similarities, obviously too, but with within the band world, what people enjoy during a show as to what they enjoy in private is very, very different. And mm -hmm. and and that that comes with anything, obviously. But the connections between the local music and the local brewing is very, very similar. Yeah. You make a really good point, though, like what you're saying, like, you know, with with the music stuff, uh, there's definitely bands that I enjoy live, but I don't tend to listen to much other than that. Right. Um, they just bring this element to the live thing where you're just you love it. You're just like, this is great, you know, but outside of that, you don't tend to listen to them very much. And it's not that they're, you know, that you don't like their recorded stuff. It's just you just are into them in, in that setting is kind of the the way you want to consume that product, so to speak, or enjoy that, you know? Right. So yeah, that, that's a really good point. And like you said, there's a, there is a huge difference between like, you know, pre COVID when people could go to breweries and enjoy stuff at breweries and the environment and what they enjoy and what they will have and sample and drink there versus what they will pick up at a store to bring home to have in their refrigerator. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're spot on with that for sure. Have you enjoyed having the brewery life as far as like, you know, opening the company and having the public come in and sort of check everything out? Has that been kind of, um, I, I wouldn't say a life goal, but has that been special for you as far as, you know, getting that experience? Because on stage, you know, just to preface this, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Todd has been uh, the drummer for Lost in Transit for the past, gosh, what's it been? Five years? Yeah, it's just a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's coming up. We lose track of them. <laughs> and so, you know, he he understands the value of an audience coming out to see him musically. But as far as having the brewery and having uh, the audience to come review your product in that sort of region, what is the difference between that? and now being a business owner, how has that changed for you? Uh, yeah, that having people come to the brewery was, was great. Um, you know, we're due to the, you know, the whole COVID situation, we're not able to do that right now, but when we were prior to everything, it was, it was great. And, and I know that you can relate to this totally. It's, um, you know, when you can have the people come to your environment and, you know, share that with them and talk to them about it and, you know, get to see their reactions to things. Um, it's, it's totally different than, you know, somebody just out there getting something off a shelf. Um, you know, there, you can connect much better, you know, with people from that standpoint. 
And, you know, same thing, like we were saying with the music, you know, when people come to see you, I think they get a much better, um, you know, a much better feel for what you're really about and, and, you know, maybe what the, you know, the message of the songs and the intensity of the songs uh, when they're seeing somebody live versus, uh, you know, just having listen, you know, listening to a recording somewhere, you know, not that right. recordings are bad, but, um, you know, because we all find out and, and fall in love with bands from just listening to the recordings or hearing them on the radio or stumbling across them on, you know, a streaming platform or something like that. So, you know, that is a, a starting point. Uh, but then, you know, you just really take that connection to the next level. And I think that's the same thing with, you know, beer uh, a lot of times is. Uh, people will find something, they'll try it, they'll enjoy it, um, and then they make that pilgrimage to go to the brewery. And, uh, you know, again, we always worked hard to try and have one of us owners there whenever we were open, um, you know, to answer questions, to engage with people, to talk to people about the beer, to tell them, you know, our story and what we're doing and right. what our goals are and what we're all about. And it was really great connecting with people that way. You know, we, you, you kind of miss it now. and We hope to get back to it as soon as we, you know, feasibly can. But, um, you know, it was a right. that was a huge thing for us and a huge reason why, you know, we kind of wanted to open. Um, we were going to Brewfest where you could connect with people and share your product directly with them one on one. And it was just so much fun and so much great feedback from people uh, that we just wanted to kind of keep that going in a business model. So, right. It was great. It's interesting. It's like, it's so funny how much of the message of local legacy is involved in, in what you do, in what, you know, musicians do. It's like, it's such a community thing. And I think when people go into, you know, different clubs and breweries, they really understand and connect with that point. And, you know, like you said, when you, when you, uh, when you have an owner or, you know, part owner or whatever it is, they can connect with their customers. <laughs> Excuse me. And they can find out, um, you know, just exactly what it means to have started that journey. And so, you know, when you, when you go out and play music, is it a different kind of level than it is starting uh, the company and speaking to customers and stuff like that? Do you have a different sort of mentality or is it the same mentality as when you go out and play a show? It, it, it's real, real similar. Yeah. It, it's, it's super close. Um, you know, it, cause again, it's, it's kind of the same thing. You, you, you know, you're putting your passion into a product, you know, people that, that tend to do um, things, whether it be a restaurant or a brewery or, um, you know, some other, you know, creative line of business like that is very similar to bands. You know, you're, you're creating something and then putting it out there for people. And um, so, yeah, you kind of take it from that same, same standpoint of, you know, uh, when you're doing a show, you know, this is our, this is our product. And, you know, we want to engage with people and, you know, as much as, uh, you know, for the, for music, for the shows, it's a little, it's always been a little bit more challenging for me because I get super nervous and I've worked hard over the years to kind of not go into like a, a cocoon or a turtle into their shell before shows, um, you know, because people are there and they see you and they want to chit chat and talk and, you know, catch up and things like that. And, you know, so I work hard on trying to be uh, a little bit more uh, friendly, so to speak, you know, not that not saying friendly, <laughs> I guess is not maybe the right word, but, you know, just not, uh, you know, not getting so stressed and just being like, uh, yeah. oh, I can't even talk to people right now. I'm, I'm just so nervous. I'm so stressed about this show. Yeah. Um, and it just, you know, when you, it was a huge step for me kind of working real hard on that because then even the shows went better. Um, you know, because you kind of got out of your own head sooner and you didn't let all that uh, nervousness and anxiety overwhelm you up to the minute that you, you know, pick up your instrument and start playing. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, so the, 
back to your point, you know, it just, it, it is a very, very similar thing, you know, where you're, you know, when people are coming into your place of business, uh, you know, and when you're getting ready to put on a show, it's, you know, it's about that, in, you know, engagement, engaging with people and, you know, kind of, um, you know, just being, you know, being confident about your product and just, you know, being excited to get it out there for them. Right. And I know exactly what you mean because it's, and you know what me and Sully were talking about this the other day is that like right before the show, my anxiety shoots up because I'm so, I'm so concerned with, you know, playing the right notes, getting the timing, right. You know, having the energy be what it needs to be. It's, it's, it's almost like a, uh, it's almost like a tick. It always is just in the back of my mind to where, you know, yeah, I'm going to have fun. It's a show and it, we always wanted to get here. But at the same time, it's like, you know, that it, the importance of getting it right has to be a constant, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you want to have a yeah. good time, but you also want to make it worth it for the audience. And I think that goes the same with brewing. You want to make it worth it for the consumer who is saying like, okay, prove it to me, prove it to me that you are different than all these other companies who come out with a product like yours. It's very, it's very similar. Yeah. Yeah. The advantage on the brewery side is we, you know, we already made it three, four weeks prior. (laughs) Right. We got that part of it. Right. Um, So it's already, it's, it's a done product when they come through the door and we've already taste tested it. And so we know where it's at and, and so forth. Whereas, you know, with the music, it's, it's different because you've, you've practiced for it, but now you're, it's like you're making it right in front of them, you know, and that they're having it before, you, you know, and, you know, they're tasting it exactly you know as it's made right there you know, right. so to speak so right it's a, it's a bit, bit of a different scenario there and, you know but like you were saying i mean for for me anyways uh inevitably the week of a show um i always end up having a dream where i where we get on stage and i've forgotten all the songs and i can't even remember how to play one of them. <laughs> same recurring dream every week before a show at some point in the week before the show leading up to it it just i'm like oh, i had that dream again <laughs> it's so funny bro it's like i mean in your mind did you ever think that after all these years like you would still be up there playing to these audiences it's like i think about I think about 10 years ago and I'm like, man, I never in a million years would have imagined that we would have traveled as much as we traveled, you know, you guys and us being like brothers and making it sort of a huge collaborative effort to be a part of each other's shows and just doing what we've done. It's, it's insane. It's insane. It's like what a ride for the past, like two and a half, three years. You know, for Subby coming into the band and, you know, you guys doing shows with us. It's like, it's just, it's a why it's been such a wild three years. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. No, I honestly, I didn't, I I didn't picture it at this kind of point being, you know, having these opportunities and being able to do these things and, and, and so forth. And like you said, it's been, it's just been a huge jump. Um, you know, even though it's been over a few years, but it's, it's been so much fun, you know, just to kind of see each other and even some of the other. And oh, I think I lost you for a second. <laughs> Let's see here. What happened? I think you muted yourself. I think you muted yourself, brother. We lost Todd, ladies and gentlemen. Hang on. We will be back. Yeah, it's been um it's been a whirlwind, man. I mean, like, as far as as far as what I was thinking, um, you know, I think back to the show in Oxford. 
and that was one of our last shows with uh, our old drummer. And um, it was like, you know, things were kind of up and down at that point, you know, and, and no disrespect to anybody. I'm not mad at nobody, but it was, uh, it was kind of a turning point to where, you know, we had decided things needed to start progressing more than what they were. And then from that point on, it was like, you know, obviously transit has been involved since day one for with, you know, as far as since me and Sully had decided to continue the band, these guys were going to be a part of our lives no matter what. And, you know, it, it had obviously continued from there. And I, I can't even believe that, you know, we're still talking about shows and stuff like that. And obviously, you know, we can't do anything right now, but we will eventually. And, you know, things are going to start opening up again and we will be playing together again. But, um, you know, it's just crazy to think that after all these years, we still have that connection. It's amazing. You know, I think each band, I think Dusty and I, and yourself included, we've talked about how much we've built each other up. You know, there's a certain energy to where when we go do a show together and when we play, there's a certain energy to where we're so excited and happy to be together. It makes our show and presence and performance stronger in my mind. Yeah, I think just seeing how each of our our bands has grown over these you know past few years, like you were talking about, has been um, just really really fun. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think I, I can't obviously speak for anybody else but myself, but I I feel like I get the impression that you know between the the, the two of us, not that we just want to hang out here and pat each other's bands on the back, but um, <laughs> you know just like. Compliment city. Yeah. I mean, I always just feel like uh, the, the connection that we get, we had from the beginning with you guys, which, you know, you do, you know, it's a, it's a fortunate thing to find. Not, not many people find that with another band where they just can have this great connection. And it's like, I think we found that. And I think, you know, I take it always from the approach of, you know, not like, uh, Oh man, you know, tonight we're playing with, uh, with soda and, uh, we want to play better than them tonight. Never. Uh, no, that's never it. It's like, never. Oh, man, we're playing Minnesota tonight. I we want to play as good as them. Right. That, that's the goal. It's like, you know, we want to play as good as them tonight. And it's just, you know, we do push each other, you know, the bands push each other, but in a great, like you said, a great positive supportive direction of like, just right. wanting to elevate our game each time and play as good as each other. So that, you know, we're just all of us are just putting out the best product that we can put out, you know, and everybody has a great time, right? You know, that that comes out to see it. So, and it's never it's, a challenge, you know, it's never a challenge to anybody else. It's always, it's always just a very, a very positive environment, you know, and you need that. Mm-hmm. You need that. Yeah. Yeah. You just whoever gets done, you know, whoever goes first or whatever they get done, it's like, you know, oh man, they killed it. We got to bring it. Let's bring it, you know? A hundred percent. And you know what? Even from day one, Todd, it was like back in the old days, you know, when it was me, Corey and George, it's like, you know, we, we didn't have a vision. We didn't have anything that we wanted to, you know, plan out or whatever. I mean, it it was definitely a spark for what is signals over the air now. (laughs) And we built those relationships through the years because of those ideas and because of those aspirations and now, and now for what it is, it's like, I would never trade those years for anything. Never. Yeah. Yeah. And I never thought twice like, Oh, you know, maybe we should think about talking to some other people or blah, 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 blah. No, no. There's a certain amount of family when it comes to being in a band and you guys have, been family to us since day one. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. It just, it was just such the, uh, a, a, you know, 
crazy, I guess, but not really crazy, but just, you know, just such a great, perfect fit from the get-go. And, you know, you're, you're kind of always hoping that you find that, you know, yes. but yes. it, it doesn't always happen, you know, that way. So we were, we're, you know, on our side, we view it the same exact way. We're so fortunate that we, you know, we came across this and we ended up crossing paths at the right time and connecting right. at the right time to have this all happen. I know. I know it. When you think about, you know, not to be a regular or anything, but when you, when you personally, when you think about getting older and continuing, does it affect how you play as an individual? Does it affect how you approach new songs, you know, projects, shows? What is What is your opinion of that as far as going forward as you uh yeah I, it may it may seem weird but i guess i kind of like you know being the the oldest of the group <laughs> i kind of look at it from the standpoint of uh you know i i want to take the uh that you know age is wisdom thing and and you know be able to um practice smarter um Right. learn new things uh and just you know kind of like uh it, it kind of in a half joking way but you know like keep myself at a level where it's worthwhile to have the old man around oh, <laughs> it is you know what i'm saying like yeah. i joke about it you know but I it's, feel it's a little bit of truth to that but you know it's like you know so yeah it's i guess uh you know if it gets to the point where you know i've like you know, can't practice as much and can't do as many shows or whatever, then, you know, it's like, I would never hold them back and be like, you know, Hey, you know, you guys, if you found somebody that you wanted to have play drums or whatever and be like, yeah, that's, you should go with that run with that, you know, cause um, you know, having a creative outlet is something that everybody should have. And, and I right. never want to take that away from anybody else, but yeah. you know, we're, you know, we're, we just, you know, we click together so well. Um, oh please! There never in my mind would there would there be a day that Todd Kopiak is not a part of Lost in Transit. Never, never. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it's uh. But I, I, I think honestly, I think if I if this situation was plopped in my lap at an earlier point in my life, I don't think I would be getting um, the benefit from it and as getting as much out of it as I am now. I think I needed to be at this point in my life for this to all work. So, yeah. um, you know, yeah, being the older one, it's kind of a little bit weird at times, you know, so forth. But like, uh, yeah, like I said, at the same time, I think, uh, you know, maturity wisdom wise, I don't think I would have been able to, you know, take on the situation and, and do what we're doing now, you right. know, earlier. I, I just, I don't think I had the uh, dedication to stuff. I was too scattered and, you know, all over the place and too many things going on and so forth. And, you know, just, I don't think I would have put in the work, you know, that right. I uh, need to and want to and enjoy putting in, you know, to, to, to do what we do, you know, as lots to transit. Yeah. Because there's, there's a certain, there's a certain energy that comes from each individual in the band, you know, you, you have, and, and the drummer is the power behind what the bass and the guitar are trying to say. And, you know, 100% never was there a question in my mind. Wow. I cannot believe how much of an impact that Todd's drumming has moved forward. Dustin's songwriting. And obviously George as well. And I, you know, I, and I've known George for a long time and he's so happy to be. And I said this on Cal's podcast, you know, a while, uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, there is no way in the world that I regret having what happened, happened, you know, George parting ways and going to be in the great decay and Corey going to do his guitar making, best thing that could have ever happened. One hundred percent, it would not have been what it is today if those things did not happen. You know what a blessing, really, for me 
as far as I'm concerned, and I know Sully and Subby feel the same, you know, we're so fortunate to have you guys as our big brothers and the influence that the band has provided for our songwriting, for the way we perform, for our uh, familiarity in, in venues and with sound guys and the way we take on the business. It's like all those things have attributed to what you guys have meant to us 100%. And there's never a doubt in my mind that we would not be here today if it weren't for you guys. 100%. Hundred percent. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, uh, like you were saying, I mean, drummers can definitely make or break a band for sure. sure. I mean, drummers, yeah. Drummers can't exist without the band around them. No. <laughs> Obviously, nobody wants to just go hear somebody whack on the drums for you know forty minutes. Right. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, but you, yeah. But if you've got a you can have a great band uh, and if, if there's a bad drummer and, you know, and sometimes bad doesn't even mean like that they're, uh, you know, not good, but just, uh, I, I think from seeing so many shows over so many years, um, it kind of helped me to, to understand that when I get up there as nervous as I might be, I try to work really hard to, you know, to kind of make the audience comfortable um, because I've seen bands play and they were good. And even the drummer wasn't, they weren't bad, but they just had this, like, I don't know, this anxiety and nervousness about them. And it kind of puts you on edge. And you're just kind of like not enjoying the overall band performance. Cause you're like, man, this drummer looks like they're going to fall apart at any moment. You know? <laughs> like, they're just, they're just not, they're not enjoying it back there. They're not comfortable, you know? Right. Uh, you know, so I, I tried to learn from that and, you know, I keep trying to get to that place where I kind of can be back there just really playing well and, and just having fun to put everybody at ease and just, you know, make it so that they can just take in and enjoy the overall performance. And they're not like, is that guy going to fall over back there? <laughs> is he just going to like <laughs> Todd's keeping everybody awake. <sighs> Crazy, man. What? So I always wanted to ask you this. I don't think I've ever asked you this question. What was the decision to change the band name has it did it come from a sort of uh terminology thing where you wanted to get your message across to people uh at a more familiar area or was it just kind of like off the cuff we need to make some changes what was the reasoning behind that uh you know yeah so what it kind of was, it had been in kind of discussions for a while and it was kind of like the, the name is from a band that, you know, we kind of liked and from a song that we kind of liked a band uh, called cursive. Um, and they have a song called the great decay and they kind of have an intensity and vibe like we have, but they're a fairly obscure band that not a ton of people have heard about how they weren't like a radio play band at any point and you know, or anything like that. They're more of an underground band. So not many people kind of got the reference. So anytime they, you know, people would say, Oh, you're in a band. What's, your, what's the name of your band? Oh, the great decay. They're like, Oh, well, like you guys a metal band then, you know? So the name <laughs> kept kind of, detracting from you know kind of our style and and kind of what we were you know the music that we play and so forth not you know not that we intended for that to happen it just kind of started to end up happening more and more um so i think we just kind of talked about it and said maybe we should find something that kind of um you know in the name either doesn't really invoke any sort of a style of music um, so people will just say, oh, okay, this is a band. Let me figure out what they're about, um, you know, or fits our style of play a little bit better. So, right. you know, we kind of kicked it around and, you know, we kind of came up with the Lost in Transit. Right. Yeah. I mean, I remember the night that the, it was the last night of the Great Decay. I mean, things were, yeah. uh, it, it was a shock to me. I, I had no idea. 
But um, it was just so interesting to hear that. And I never knew. I never knew the reasoning behind it. But the AML, you know, it's like I would say the same thing about our band, but we, you know, so so many people often refer to us as soda. It's like, oh, well, you know, that's just what they think. You know, and it, and George kind of had that mindset back in the day of like, let's let's do an acronym type thing, and and I was behind it, and uh, and we were sort of just mixing around the ideas, and he sent it in the group chat one day, and it was just like, yeah, this sounds good, so yeah, you know, and I don't think it's ever a bad thing. I think it's not a bad thing in the beginning, you know, when you're sort of discovering yourself. Maybe later on it's yeah. kind of weird, but. Uh, you know, right in the beginning, it's sort of good. I think we were right on the cusp of it being kind of impossible to do. <laughs> so I think we, we kind of tried to, you know, do it at that point where it was kind of like, if we go too much further past this, and we're kind of going to go down the point of no return, and, and it's just going to stay that way. Right. Um, you know? Right. And, and there's kind of a lot of bands that have those weird quirky names that, you know, you know, and they just stuck with them and, and wrote it out. But for us, you know, it was just kind of like, uh, um, I think the other part of it too was, you know, really when in the beginning stages, when we were settling on the, on the first name, um, George was very new to the band, you know? So I think it right. was kind of a situation where, you know, even for Dustin and I, we were like, well, you know, he might not mind the name, but did, does he really feel like, you know, if he could go back in time and feel as comfortable with us now as friends and everything um, that, you know, when we were deciding on the name, would he go with that name, you know? So, right. so you know, right. I'm not trying to speak for him. Maybe he still would. I, I don't know, but you know, I think he sort of felt like, you know, it, it's, we're in a different spot now. And so we can have a better conversation about kind of coming up with the name and everybody right. putting in their two cents than, Maybe we were, you know, the first go round where maybe people were just kind of like, well, I, I, this guy seems kind of excited about it and he thinks it's a good idea. So, yeah, let's just go with it. You know, I don't want to make waves. Let's just go with it. That <laughs> type of deal. It's so funny to hear him talk about it, dude, because it's like, you know, him and I have these discussions often. It's like, because, you know, I know him a long time, as do you. And I, like, we, we were at, uh, the hangar one time in Amherst and we were just talking and uh, I says, you know, what do you think about the band? I said, what makes, what, what's, what do you got for plans? You know, this is what's going on. And he goes, I never expected it to be what it is right now. He like, he, he's always so off the cuff. It's like, but in my mind, you know, I couldn't picture Lost in Transit without George. It was just like, oh, it was like from day one, when I saw you guys in Munson, you know, that first, that first show I ever saw you guys play, it was a fit. It was such a different fit than what he was doing in Soda. I was like, man, he really has something with these guys. And even right then, I knew I was like the chemistry is undeniable. You know, mm-hmm. he he's just he, he's so happy. You know, even at practices, you know, and and we've been to each other's practice. Like I've been to your practices a thousand times. Even at mm-hmm. practice, you can tell he's ready to go. He's it's oh, yeah. it's an interest for him to be there and involved. The process, it's like it's perfect. It's just a perfect fit. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And he, he was also, he was another huge part of just, you know, even for Dustin and I, um, you know, like we we're talking about a little bit before, like with the stage presence and everything, you know, he just has that naturally. And, yeah. Oh you know, yeah. Like you said, even, even just in practice, he brings that and it was kind of like, wow. Okay. You know, yeah, this is, this is definitely it. And we've got to get better at matching his energy and, and kind of bringing our, you know, ourselves up to where he is, um, which was where we wanted to go and, and, and where we wanted to be. And so to have was awesome for us because, you know, we were able to just kind of watch, learn and, you know, 
and just feed off of that 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 energy. So right. it was uh, really great for us from that standpoint as well. And you know, just the fact that he's a genius musician on top of everything else. I mean, well, where can you go wrong, <laughs> bro? It's so crazy how, like, you know, we we would stop a song during practice back in the old days, and he would just he would hit his uh um like his echo pedal you know and, and it, i would feel like i was in space i'm like man george has these melodies that are undeniably amazing and just the way oh, yeah. of it's, playing music yeah it's, it's like sense of, of tone and and just you know texture and just all of that stuff is so it's just like so cool really 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 cool it's amazing you know and it's funny because him and i have had discussions about like i said because we went snowboarding years ago just him and i and uh, we, we we would come in from a run and i i asked him i was like dude you know i don't i don't know anything about your guitar playing i says you know what what has excuse me, I said, what has started you off from playing? He's like, I started playing guitar when I was eight. And I I picked it up, and uh, I would just play here and there. And, uh, you know, so it just goes to show that, you know, he's had this, he's had this mentality from that age, and on to now, he hasn't stopped practicing, and you can tell. The results mm-hmm. speak for themselves, and you know he, and he has, you know he has a mind for songwriting. Like I have a feeling, if he started writing songs on guitar for Transit, it would be a completely different band. You know, like not not that you guys wouldn't still play each other songs or whatever, but like his his vision is so cool. Like it would definitely be interesting to see how. You guys would continue to write a song together, but just from his perspective. I always think about that. And that brings up a question yeah. of like, you know, obviously everybody's not really practicing now because of COVID or whatever it is. But when you guys approach a song now in 2020, is there a certain path that you go on? Is there a certain message that you guys tend to go towards or, uh, you know, what, what are the ideas that bounce back and forth? For us, it's kind of an interesting process because, um, you know, sometimes, uh, Dustin being the primary songwriter, he'll come to us kind of with an idea. Um, he might have some lyrics already ready for it and, you know, kind of, uh, some, you know, a melody and some, you know, different guitar parts and stuff. And, and we'll just kind of hear them out and, you know, talk about where, what the direction that we want to go in and, you know, kick around some ideas for the other instruments and so forth. So, you know, we, so that's happened sometimes, you know, other times it's like, we're kind of on a break in between, you know, chunks of rehearsing and somebody kind of, goes back to their instrument first and just starts noodling around and you know somebody's like hey that sounds pretty cool and then we all just kind of sit down and we mess around with that and then we just like record a little snippet of it we'll all take it home and we'll you know kind of think about it and listen back to it and say you know does this feel like it's uh you know could be a song somewhere you know um does it feel like it could go somewhere so you know that's you know sort of kind of at that point now, most recently it is, um, you know, more so would kind of come up with stuff like at rehearsal, somebody just starts going down a path and, you know, right. we start kicking in, we, we play it, um, you know, we'll take a little measure or something and, you know, play it in, you know, 10 different, you know, speeds and intensities and, you know, just styles, so to speak and, and so forth. And, you know, kind of feel out the one that feels the best and, you know, kind of go right. from there. And then sometimes Dustin will take those ideas home and then he'll kind of develop it a little bit further and then bring it back. And then we kind of revisit that and, and move forward with it from there. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, 
it's it's an interesting process for us and it kind of comes um you know like i said other than you know there, there are times where you know dustin will be working on stuff at home and he kind of brings the idea um to begin with as a little bit more formed than some of the other ideas but um you know but even in that instance you know sometimes we kind of will as we feel it out we may strip it back or you know or something like that and you know i can tell you so <laughs> so much i've heard he'll play like hey this is kind of what i uh we'll, you know we'll get so far with the song and so forth where it's basically completed and then sometimes he'll go back and he'll kind of play for me like uh you know hey this is where this thing started and i'll listen to it and i'll be like oh man what did i do to this poor guy's song <laughs> <laughs> there's a certain simplicity in your drumming where like, you know, it just brings a whole nother element to the table as far as like, you know, I, I mean, there's things like I've practiced with, with transit, you know, without you, you know, and I've gotten on the drums just as like a ha ha type thing. And I'm like, you know, I still can just picture Todd's drumming as this is what it should be. Because that's the thing. It's like whether you play really fast or loud or, you know, you, you have like a lot of downstrokes or just regular strumming or whatever it may be. It's like there's a certain type of drumming that fits and that doesn't, you know, and, and, and you know, the three of you guys really, you run on all cylinders when it comes to, you know, especially in a live show, I'm like, man. You know, if there's something that goes on, Todd, like Todd will ride the symbol or, you know, something like that. And it just sounds, it sounds like what it should be, you know? And, and I'm like, no matter how slow or how fast it still gets across to you because even, even sometimes, you know, somebody will play fast and it's super cool. But at the same time, it's like, I know that, there's certain types of beats that sound better than maybe what they could be. And, and it goes the same for myself. It's like, if I add an extra note here or there, it may not necessarily fit the song and what it could be. So, you know, there's all different sorts of things that come with, with, with writing a song as far as, um, you know, what types of drums and what types of bass and guitar will fit. So we were talking about like how it's so interesting how three piece bands, I was going to say this from the beginning is that, you know, from the first time I saw you, you know, you guys had four and, you know, a lot of four piece bands make it, they have, they have uh, good chemistry and whatever. But in my personal opinion, I love just dealing with two other guys. There's never an issue. It's like, it's always so much easier to get things across when you just have three guys. As far as I'm concerned, I don't know how you feel about that, but from day one, I was like, man, I'm glad that we're keeping this sort of a three piece thing. And I, I think Dustin feels the same way. 
Yeah, I know. I uh, nothing against uh, four piece bands. I mean, I've been in, you know, tons of four piece bands, and and it was it was great. Um, and so many of the bands that I enjoyed growing up were all four piece bands. Um, but there is, you know, there's something to that, like you said, that three piece, um, especially live, where you're kind of like, all right. You know, everybody here has to bring their everything for this to, to come across right. Um, and I think it opens up space for, you know, um, you know, for the bass player to be uh, much more than, you know, sometimes they're just relegated to the back. They're just sort of like, you know, keeping the root notes down. And it's like, you know, the it's you know, just what they can bring. I mean, you kind of, to go back to your point about, you know, kind of our, our playing and, and my style with playing, it's just, you know, I love to just feed off of George's bass lines and work really hard not to step on them. You know, like you said, uh, serve the song, you know, right. do what's right for the song. Plus, um, you know, again, that like we were talking about earlier, the age and the wisdom thing, it's like I, I gone back, um, over the years and listened to stuff that I recorded in other bands when I was a lot younger and just been so irritated with myself, just been like, just stop what you're doing. Like, same. Dude, why are you doing, why, why do you keep doing that? You know, like, oh, same. Uh, it just so irritating. Like I just, I ruined the song, you know, with, with, you know, just trying to show everybody all, everything I knew about playing drums, you know, it was like, okay, I have to show everybody all the stuff that I know in this one song, you know, they have to hear, you know, it, it's, they got to hear it all. Which is crazy. Like um, I, I look back in my notebook, dude, I look back in my notebook. I think the same thing. Look back at my notebook yeah. of songs. I'm like, what was I thinking? Just writing that even the podcast. It's like, I, I look back to my first couple episodes. I'm like, what the heck was I saying? <laughs> even though, and it's, you know, it's only been from the beginning of the year, but, I feel like I've learned so much about this game. It's like I got, you know, I have so many different people that want to come on the show. You know, you graciously come on the show. A bunch of different people do. And I think about how, you know, maybe it could be helpful to others. It could be helpful. If people want to start a podcast or want to start a band or want to start a project or whatever it is, if you listen to something from the beginning and go up to the top stages of what it is, you could learn how to start your own project better from the beginning. And the reason I say this is because I was listening to Cal's podcast today. Our good buddy, Cal Fody, who started uh, the Brewers Roundtable. Shout out to him. Um, and I think about how... Uh, gracefully and how mature his podcast has been right from the beginning. He has taken this project on, taken it seriously, and it's been fantastic. Even just within the first few episodes, I'm very impressed. And, you know, I was lucky enough to be on his show. You have been as well. He has something going, dude, with this, with the beer panel, the whole thing that you guys are a part of. It's fantastic. It really, really is. And it's nice for me to listen and to kind of be a part of that whole thing and, uh, and really understand the experience that he's sort of bringing to other people. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's something that I haven't thought of before, but it's very, very interesting. And I didn't know if you thought it was, uh, I, I, I know that a lot of people in the panel were like kind of going to be one and done. Are you happy that it's going to continue? Yeah, I, I, I could never run one of these things. I mean, I give credit to you guys. I listen to them and I'm like, wow, you know, for the, sure. The, the, the stuff that you guys have to do to, you know, to be ready for, for all of this is, you know, that's beyond something I could tackle, you know? So, um, but I do enjoy being a participant, you know, and, and yeah. when he reached out, I, I, I know, you know, time is always a constraint. Um, but I told him up front, I said, 
I said, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely do it. Um, we'll give it a go. We'll see how things go. And, you know, I'm like, I'll, I'll be willing to join as often as I can, you know? So, but then after that first one, we had, you know, we had so much fun with that. And um, it's, it's a great, cool group of guys. I mean, the first time, the first episode, the, uh, which actually, I don't think he's calling an episode. He's just like calling it the introduction. Yeah, right. Um, but the, yes. the, the, the first one that we did was the first time that I had ever talked to Sean in my entire life was live on a podcast. Right. You know, we're, we're, it's, you know, I think another interesting part of that is, I mean, I know Cal a little bit, uh, but not a ton. Um, uh, obviously, George is on there with us and we're in the band. And so we know each other best of all. Right. For me anyways. And then, you know, Sean is, is somebody new that I'm, you know, just kind of meeting and getting to know on this podcast. So you're kind of seeing a couple of people that have a passion for beer kind of meet each other and learn about each other and share stories and get to know each other on a podcast. So, mm-hmm. so yep. it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. But it's yeah, crazy. It's, it's, it's enjoyable. very good. You know, he, he has, and, and you know what? I like that he wants to, also incorporate having other people on the show, you know, not also having the panel, but also kind of making it a separate thing to where, you know, it could be, it could be sort of a collaborative thing between the panel and other people who also drink, like kind of get a different perspective of a consumer type thing as we were talking about earlier. I think his goal is, you know, to have the panels like once a month and then have other episodes in between, you know, I'm not sure how many, you know, they'll have, but yeah, the the panel will be sort of like a, you know, a regular uh, contribution to it, but he's definitely going to have other, you know, um, other episodes where the, you know, the guys from the panel are not part of that and and so forth. So the one thing I think he, um, he'll he'll get better at and and probably have to work on and i'll push him to his limit is just you know editing down my answers to questions <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this then sort of like a wrap-up question what is what are rustic brewing companies plans as far as do you have new flavors coming out do you have different projects in the works what is what is the what is the upcoming status of the company? Yeah, so we, uh, we're working on expansion and growth kind of all the time, like most breweries are. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, you, you start off at a certain level and you're pretty much, if you're fortunate, you just, you're just constantly growing. And uh, so, you know, we're very, very small to begin with. So <clears throat> our growth is, you know, nothing compared to a lot of other breweries growth, but um at the same time, you know, we are, we are growing and there's a, a demand for our product, which is awesome for us. And we're super excited about that. Yes. Um, so we have a, you know, we have a new brew system on order that will double our capacity, more than double our capacity, actually, uh, from what we're doing now. So um, that's going to be a huge help to us. Um, and in addition to that, we kind of have gotten, um, you know, the post COVID we've gotten into a good rhythm with what we're doing in the current circumstances, the current situation, um, which is, is now allowing us to uh, get back into some experimental uh, projects some experimental beers. Um, so we have uh, one actually that um, we're putting out this week. That's an experimental beer. We have another one, that's uh, an experimental sour that uh, will be out in a few weeks. Um, and, you know, so we'll be back into a sort of a regular rhythm of new experimental, interesting, you know, beers, uh, ideas and things that we've been sitting on for a while, but we've just been so busy kind of getting used to the production mode of the new, you know, environment that we're in. Um, and we haven't been able to tackle them. So they've been, they were shelved for a little bit, but now we've got a decent rhythm going and, you know, so we're, we're delving into those. So we're excited about it. Very nice. And where can people find you on social media platforms? Uh, we are at uh, rustic underscore brewing underscore co um, on Instagram. 
Uh, we're also on, I believe all of our, our handles are all the same for uh, Facebook and Twitter as well. Um, so, and we have our website, which is rusticbrewco.com. So if you find, if you go to our website, you can find links to all our social media there. Definitely do that, ladies and gentlemen, and, uh, and definitely subscribe to the company. It is, and I can tell you personally, I endorse their product. I endorse, uh, the management (laughs) and, uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed their company, uh, physically. And uh, they 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 really put out a product that is definitely to be desired. So check them out. Definitely um, definitely try their different flavors and uh, and get used to seeing them because their product is selling locally and a hundred percent. And I know that Todd has a question for me, so I'm gonna let him ask that question then. Yeah, so I'm just kind of wondering, Sam, why are you laughing this week? Oh, man, there's so many reasons. So many reasons. And obviously, and this is this is exactly why Todd has become business-minded, is because he has questions like these that make people think. And I'm going to incorporate this now into the different shows and different guests. Why am I laughing this week? I laugh at people who are driving on the roads carelessly who don't use a blinker the simplest thing it's like it literally when you're driving it's the thing it's right next to your hand you know like for instance i was at work yesterday right i had to drive to boston to herb chambers and i'm in i'm in the lane to turn left and then and there's probably three, four lanes of traffic. So in the third lane on my right-hand side, there's a car. Can't turn left, right? Normally, you either go straight or you go right. That's how it works. This guy mm-hmm. decides to completely cut every single person off in the left-hand lane on a red light. And just goes straight. Like, go, go straight through the red light and take a left, cut every single person off in traffic. And in my mind, I'm like, man, I could not be that much of a savage and just not care. No blinker, no care in the world, nothing. <laughs> so that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty convinced when COVID first hit that, you know, there was that like initial, initial thing where pretty much people, they stayed home for, you know, for the most part for a while, a little while. And right. I, I think, I think a lot of people just forgot how to drive in that time period because they didn't go out and use their car and they haven't quite recovered from that yet. No, they really haven't. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, Todd, you're as passionate as ever, my friend. I, I thoroughly believe that you, you and transit will continue on once this thing has ended you'll be back and better than ever i appreciate you coming on the show i appreciate you being a dear friend of mine and uh, i appreciate your drive and everything that you do whether it be in in the uh, rustic brewing company or whether it be in lost in transit man i love you you're the best thank you for coming on the show thanks so much for having me it was a blast all right man thank you very much ladies and gentlemen for listening this has been a why you laughing podcast tune in for new episodes obviously we're still in season three again shout out to all the countries i mentioned uh last week varying from sweden from denmark uh to uh canada obviously and the uk and just a number of countries i I can't even believe it i cannot believe the amount of countries that have been tuning into the podcast you guys are you guys are savages thank you so much we're out